podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. On the live show, my friends, it feels good. It feels very good to be back. I got to tell everyone um, who's listening on the RSS feed, uh, because I'm about to tweet this out. Uh, I was in Hawaii last Wednesday, as I think I told a lot of you, and it was Wednesday. I looked at my clock. I was like, man, it's getting close to 7 p.m. in God's time zone, and I almost, I almost did the live show, even from up there. One of my favorite parts of every week is this live show, so if you're listening on the RSS feed, download the ColorCast app because I promise you guys we're doing a live show every single week from here until the end of the calendar year. And it's almost always going to be going live on Wednesdays. So there's a chance I'm a, I'm a Sporting KC fan and the only, the only good they have going on right now is the U.S. Open Cup. They're playing those games on Wednesdays, so I might have to pull an audible and do a uh, a live show on a Tuesday or Thursday, but we're going live every single week. Feels so good to be back. So good to be back, and it feels good to get to talk to all my favorite people in the world. That's the boneheads who come and hang out with me for the live show. Uh, We got, hopefully, I, I hope everyone thinks is a fun episode Tonight, um, we are going to talk about uh, Avery Johnson. Is he going to be a cat? Is K-State going to pull off maybe the single biggest recruiting win in school history? Are we going to pull that off and what that could mean? We got another uh, Tang Cat. We got another one on the way. We only have confirmation on Desi Sills. Uh, who is going to be a shooting guard for us. I think he's going to be a starter. He's a double-digit scorer, so that's exciting. Um, We got another one coming up. If it drops, if the news drops while we're doing the show, we'll talk about specifically. Otherwise, it's just information behind the paywall. Uh, Give our friends at K-State Online a shout-out. But but we'll talk a little bit about that, and then I assume we'll have time. I want to hear some people's thoughts on what the future of the Big 12 media rights deal is. Uh, There was some news that came out that confirmed that it was the biggest uh, takeaway, the the biggest profiting that the conference has ever taken in uh, recently. We got that confirmed. So that is uh, good stuff. I want to know what you guys want to see in the future because, again, as an MLS fan, uh, some pretty big news about the future of sports rights came out with MLS so I'd love uh, to get people's thoughts and opinions on that at the end of the show. Uh, so we're going to get into it. Again, anyone who is 
listening here live. It looks like we got about four spots up on stage. If you want to get up here, just uh, request the mic. I'll get you up here. We have four spots left. And let's just get into it. We're going to start with uh, Callie Mike, who I think had one of the more viral Koozie in the Wild pictures uh, from San Francisco. Luckily, he got to see the Royals uh, win the final game, didn't, uh, didn't have to witness a sweep. Um, but the intro question is going to be because we've seen the viral uh, uh, pictures from the photo shoot that Josh Manning and Avery Johnson did on their visit. So my question to you is, if you were a five, four- or five-star recruit going to K-State on a visit, we've seen all these different type of pictures, what fit would you go with and where would you want to be taking most of the pictures for your photo shoot? Yeah, um, well, good to be here today. Glad to have the ColorCast uh, live show back on track this week. Um, yeah, i definitely say that Avery Johnson uh, has set the bar at a new high, like the Letterman's jacket and that old school Wildcats hat with the, uh, I think it had the uh, the rope on the bill, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that is quite the look. Um, so I think that might be the best strip they've put up. Um, I definitely go with what Avery Johnson is rocking. I love it. I love it. We're going to the coffee fiend himself, Nick. Nick, uh, we've seen all the pictures. I mean, we've seen some pretty awesome ones. I feel like every year there's something new that kind of goes viral. First you had, you know, uh, Phil the Bobcat. He he was around. Uh, We've had the, you know, just the saucy all whites. Uh, pictures all throughout the stadium, all throughout Veneer. We're seeing the Wildcat statue. We're seeing now these Letterman jackets and Zubas and throwback shirts and all this type of stuff. If you're a four-star, five-star commit, what fit are you going with for your recruiting photo shoot? Letterman jacket all the way, and then a, like, 90s or even, like, a 80s retro-style snapback, uh, kind of like what Avery Johnson did. That would be my fit. He seems to be a trendsetter. I feel like if we if we did this, you know, last year, everyone would be saying, I want the all-white uniforms. Maybe there's some classics. But, again, I mean, there's something about that photo shoot that the pictures are starting to leak out that just – it's just something great, and it's fun to see the kids having fun on these visits at K-State. We're going Coley Dub down in Texas. Coley Dub, what, what are you going with if you're a uh, Uber Elite uh, recruit on a K-State visit? Well, it's kind of hard to beat with Avery Johnson rocks for sure. The purple Zubas I thought were pretty awesome. Um, as far as uniform, I think I'd go the – I don't know if they have this helmet anymore, but the White power cat helmet with the two purple stripes, purple jersey, and then white pants. You know what's wild? And I, I was talking to you, to someone about this. I actually don't think they have the original white uh, helmets because uh, every single one they show is with that single purple stripe down the middle from the bowl game. Um, and, and again, this is my favorite kind of piece of uniform, K-State uniform trivia. That first year under Chris Kleiman, they rocked four different helmets. The classic silver, the white helmet with the two purple stripes, the cat script with just the single stripe, and then the power cat with just the single stripe. So I love that you called that out. We're going to Colorado Cole next. Uh, Cole, brace yourself. There's probably going to be riding of some kind because uh, you're in the state of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Um, if you want to throw a Stanley Cup prediction, you can do that, or you know, you can tell me what you would rock for your photo shoot if you're an elite K-State uh, recruit. Yeah, so uh, 
Quick prediction. I'm going to say abs and six. Um, I'm, if I'm an elite K-State recruit, I would love to somehow come across the most 80s-looking tracksuit, just like full windbreaker it out. Um, you know, rock a oh, nice retro I love hat. That. Love and, that. Yep, yep. And maybe some like, uh, man, honestly, those purple dunks that recently came out have just kind of a sweet spot on me. Or maybe some of the, the purple Air Jordan 1s. Did you get a pair of the purple dunks or you're having to go to Stock X? I have not got a pair, but we'll see if I can get them on the aftermarket. I love it. We're going to our guy, Joel. Joel, you know, I, I feel like you and Cole are two of the swagger kings of the Bonehead Nation. What would you go be going with for uh, your photo shoot? Yeah, I think we need to continue to zig where everybody else is zagging. And I think uh, I would rock the purple striped overalls. Just a little something different. Maybe no shirt. Show the guns off a little bit. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That, that's amazing. And, and I do think they are doing a little bit of zig uh, where others zagging. I don't see a lot of uh, recruit photo shoots that are getting away from the facilities, getting away from the stadium, and getting out of uh, the uniforms. I think K-State's doing a great job letting these recruits' personalities come through. We're going down to K-State by 90. K-State by 90. Uh, let's hear it. You're, you're a five-star. I don't know what position you'd be playing. You're coming to K-State for a recruiting photo shoot. What are, what fit are you rocking? What are you doing in that photo shoot? Um, I would probably go with what Jaron Kanak did by the Wildcat statue. That really blew me away. And probably some retro throwback jacket is what I would probably wear. Yeah, I, I don't know if the full, if all the pictures, if, if the recruits release them, but I think they're out by the Wildcat statue. I think they were doing some stuff down at Aggieville. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen behind the scenes, pretty good. And again, just five stars to Taylor Bratt, the K-State recruiting department, the creative team for letting them kind of get their creativity out there. We're going to end with my guy, Hayes. Hayes, I, I mean, I'm I'm shocked you weren't a five-star, if I'm being honest. But if you were, what type of fit, what type of photo shoot would you want to do if you're on a recruiting visit to K-State? Man, nothing screams five-star like this 5'9", 160 frame, right? Um, I'm not a big fashion guy. I don't have a good answer for this. I just want that sweet rope hat that Avery's been rocking. That thing is so cool. Yeah, I, hashtag no free ads, but I'm pretty sure that hat is on the Rally House website. So, uh, again, hashtag no free ads. But if, if, if anyone's looking for that hat that honestly has kind of gone a little bit viral, it's there. And I also think the uh, hat Josh Manning was rocking is on rallyhouse.com as well. So uh, that's our intro question. We're about 10 minutes in. Let's get to the good stuff, guys. Because um, as I talked about a little bit on the show on Monday, and I kind of came to the realization, and I wish I would have came to this realization while I was still recording, uh, Avery Johnson quite possibly may be one of the top recruiting battles, top recruits of all time. Now, he's like, you know, borderline top 250 guy. He's not going to be the highest ranked kid we ever got. But this is the number one player in the state of Kansas. This is a national recruitment going against some big time programs, and it's an in state kid. You know, what have we been talking about for the better part of a decade now? Yeah, you get some of these Kansas kids to bounce back, but you're not keeping the elite of the elite at home. Chris Kleiman hasn't gotten over the hump 
with some of these big recruiting battles for in-state guys. This would signal to me an entire shift uh, when it comes to K-State football, K-State recruiting, and then who knows who might decide to join up with them. Um, my confidence, at one point I came on this show, and I don't think we, we published it, I, I proclaimed he is going to be a cat and it was going to be at the end of the month. Well, a lot of things changed that month. That wasn't the case, but I'm now back to feeling confident. I'm going to hear what you guys think. I'm going to start back with Hayes. Hayes, where's your confidence meter? Do you think we're going to get it done? And then how big, just when you just talk about program shifting, am I... Am I being a little bit too hyperbolic for a guy who's just a four-star? And again, he's in and out of the rival's top 250. So again, it's not like it's even the highest-rated kid we've ever gotten. But I just think all the impacts and everything surrounding him as a player is what takes it to that level. Am I getting a little too crazy? No, you're not. This is what being a college football fan is. Um, he's massive. I'm just All I'm going to say is subscribe to KSO. Um, I feel pretty good about it. I really, really hope we get him on here. And I really, really hope that some of the guys that are acquaintances or friends, whatever, with him can start to come in. I think this recruiting battle is massive. I know that he's not the highest number, as you're saying, but he's pretty damn high for us. Uh, We are K-State. He's definitely the biggest recruit of the climate era, and that's been four years now. Um, I don't know what the last one above him was. I'm sure Freeman was above, but, like, That was so long ago. This recruitment is huge. And to be honest, we're going to be in a massive lull come like the 2023 season. So if we can get a big class coming in, then we can revive the program right back and keep this thing running. Yeah, and again, there's still an entire senior season for Avery. But I think if things were to end right now, Skylar Thompson technically would have been higher ranked. But again, we locked Skylar in. That was not a national recruitment. And again, He's a Kansas City kid, but is on the Missouri side of the border. I don't know. There's something about him being a Sunflower State kid. We're going to Cali Mike himself. Cali Mike, um, where's your confidence level? Am I being hyperbolic? Do I need to settle down again? These are kids playing a sports game, but I, I'm, I, I'm just going to be waiting on pins and needles for this decision. No, I mean, there's no doubt that this is huge for the program. It would be just a giant win. Um, and um, I don't know if you can confirm for me or not. I swear that I read that Avery Johnson was a K-State fan growing up. Is that right? He may have been. I, I don't have that on 100% authority. Um, that makes sense. It sounds right. But if he was, I mean, it feels good to kind of have that, you know, cradle to, you know, graduation. K-State fan, the prodigal son, all that, any sort of hype, like, analogy you want to throw out there that just makes it feel better yeah well like so if you think about it if he was he was seven years old in 2012 probably seven eight something like that um so you know that's like the prime age to really get kids invested in like a university or a college sport i think um so i think we got that going for us probably as long as he was a Cats fan, and, you know, I feel really good about it. I think he's, he's going to be a Cat, and he's going to bring a bunch of his friends with him. Hayes, I freaking saw your chat. I don't want to hear you talking about how old you are. You got me and Callie Mike, you know, in, in our 30s in here, so I don't want to hear a college kid saying he, he's feeling old. So you just take that back. 40 this year. Oh, shit. All right, well, uh, whenever your 40th birthday is coming around, the boneheads are going to have to rally together and do something for you. We're going to go to the coffee fiend himself, Nick. Nick, uh, 
how, how big is this? Are, are you feeling confident? Um, does it mean more getting a guy like this from the state of Kansas? Or if he was from, uh, you know, Wisconsin or something, and he still had the same recruitment, all that type of stuff, would it just feel the same for you? No, this means more just being from Kansas. But it goes to show that we do have talent here in Kansas. And even though, it, it you, know, you know, he's from um, Wichita uh, area, but still Kansas is Kansas it's rural nobody really gets recruited out of Kansas and it helps the future um honestly we're going up against national powers you know for recruiting a kid from Kansas so that puts us on the map uh for future recruiting classes and sets us up for success I think and I think even even if we don't get Avery Johnson he what he did for the recruiting cycle and what he did for the program moving forward is uh, I want to say, un- like, it's remarkable for what he's done just coming out of Kansas. So, um, either either way, I'm excited. Uh, just in the sense moving forward. So, yeah, I, I do want to say just the amount of kids we're we're going to see a record number of Kansas prep kids going to FBS schools, and probably a record number of Kansas kids uh, going to Power Five schools. I know uh, what what's great about the Bonehead Nation and even a lot of the folks who come on this live show is how uh, spread out across the country, country we are. You know, there, there are kids who come to K-State from all across the globe and then people from Kansas go to K-State and then leave. But I do think there is something special about having Kansas kids in this school, at the school in the athletic programs. And when you have elite kids like this, telling them, hey, it is cool to come here. Hey, you can be a superstar, a national recruit, and still come to K-State. That's where I'm getting hyped up. K-State by 90. Calm me down or keep hyping me up. Where are you at with this recruitment? Uh, I'm ecstatic about it, but I think it's more of his pull of the others. I think that you have to realize is this incoming class for wide receivers, you have Tyson Struber and Tyler Lockett, or Sterling Lockett, excuse me. And don't get me wrong, I think they have good upside, but the amount of guys we're going after and the running back, wide receiver, offensive line classes this year compared to years prior is insane. And Avery Johnson's going to be the best player out of all of them, but just everyone around him is just the reason why I'm so excited about it. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Speaking of that, you know, you had Josh Manning on that recruitment. He's given interviews saying like, yeah, I want to play with a guy like this. And again, Josh Manning, four-star wide receiver. In the Rivals era, K-State has only signed two four-star wide receivers in the Rivals era. That goes back to 2002. So basically since the turn of the millennium, we've only signed two four-star receivers. So if, if you get something like that, you got a guy also in Kansas at Blue Valley, Andre Davis, right on the razor's edge of becoming a four-star. Again, you pointed it out. You made a great point. You have some wide receiver talent that – maybe you're going to also be able to bring in that is at the level, at least on paper as recruits, something we have never seen uh, in the rivals era. We're going to go to Joel next. Joel, um, you know, are you going to be the one who puts a little cold water on this? I'm waiting for someone, but everyone just keeps getting me more and more excited. I mean, I don't want to put like cold water on it. I was a little worried when uh, CJ Carr flipped from Michigan over to Notre Dame, leaving Dante Moore to go to Michigan, but Seems like he had a heck of a time up in Eugene last weekend, so that's looking pretty good for us. So I'm pretty hyped on Avery still, and 
when it comes to like us being super involved with high school kids or whatever, me and Cole were talking about it the other day. Um, we were watching the how many views Avery got on his K-State TikTok video compared to his Washington one. It's just that's college football, baby, and that's why we love it. Yeah, so I, I, I hear you there, and I, I sometimes do have to kind of like check myself a little bit. But you know what? That is the beauty. That is the fun of uh, college football, just like you said it. You know, I, I think, you know, sports fans are, you know, borderline crazy for a reason. You know, fanat- fan is short for fanatics for a reason, uh, but, but it sure is fun. We're going to Colorado Cole next. Colorado Cole, uh, you're, you're watching TikTok videos. You're making sure that the uh, views are up there. Um, you got to think that all the love he's getting, I, you got to think that all arrows are pointing towards he's going to be a cat. Most definitely, and it just, it seems like it just feels right, you know, just based off of uh, what he said and kind of the experiences seems like he's having on his visits. Just seems like K-State was a lot of business. Um, You know, I'm probably obviously biased opinion, but like the Washington stuff, like, oh, they went up like in a helicopter or whatever all this stuff, but it seems like coming to K-State was a lot of uh, business talk for him. Um, but the biggest thing for me is not only just, like, the player himself, but just, like, the timing of it with all the unknowns and up in the air with our conference and our quarterback room be- beyond, you know, Will Howard. Um, and then I just – I don't really recall any true – um, like star quarterback that K-State has ever had that is uh, a Kansas native. So correct me if I'm wrong there, but I just think that would be a great thing for the state of Kansas. Yeah, I. so you think about the big ones. I, I don't think, I think L was from Texas. I think Michael Bishop, I think he was from Texas. I know he went to Juco down there. Colin Klein, Colorado. Um, Jake Waters, uh, even if you put him up there, Iowa, Daniel Sams, Louisiana. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think you're probably right. I don't know. I'm sure someone out there will correct me. Uh, tweet into the podcast, who is the best all-time quarterback uh, from the state of Kansas to play at K-State? We're going to end this one up with Coley Dub down there in Texas. Uh, you know, I, I you've, you've been in these live shows for a while. We've talked about Avery for a while now. Um, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Do you think we're going to get it over the finish line here in the next couple of weeks? How nervous are you going to be? And what what will this mean to Coach Kleiman's uh, program as he continues to recruit? I mean, home is where the heart is, right? According to AJ. So, I don't know. I think I think if we get him, I think it's just a huge, huge sign as far as Colin Klein goes. Um, him, anyway. Because I think he's he's the one who's really given us a real chance of landing him. Um, but I think for the future, it's tremendous. You know, like someone said earlier, I can't remember who. Uh, just all the talent that's going to want to play with Avery Johnson. So I just think, you know, I don't know it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be exciting just to kind of wrap it up regardless, just to finally kind of get him locked in. Because I think somewhere it was posted that, you know, once he commits, he's committed. Like, he's not going to take any more, any more, you know, visits or, you know, talk to any more coaches, things like that. So, 
I think we're in a good spot, and I'm really hoping he's a cat. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I do want to give Colin Klein a little credit because uh, I was as down on him as anyone as a quarterback's coach at different points last season and during uh, the Will Howard time. I was a little bit skeptical of him as the offensive coordinator, but the connection he seems to be able to make with these kids when recruiting, um, he, he, he's more than making up for any of the doubts I had, at least on the recruiting end. I'll be interested to see what this season looks like with him up as the OC. This will be a final call. If anyone wants to jump in, get any uh, – oh, yeah, I, I see the, the chat. Shout out to uh, Dylan Meyer, RIP. Um, and Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe. He got us to – Bazooka got us to a bowl game, so shout out to him. Um, any final calls on anything Avery Johnson related? Or if anyone wants to shout out any football recruiting before we move on to basketball, speak now or forever hold your peace. Oh, you just picked up another running back. Well, and you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this as well. Um, and you, you got to walk off online. I, again, anyone not subscribed to our friends over at KC Online definitely should. Um, I don't think it is a coincidence that Dylan Edwards is making sure to get a visit in uh, before the duo from St. Louis that includes a pretty salty running back uh, themselves coming in for an official visit. I think that there's a very real chance that, you know, that dream scenario we all talked about, the childhood friends are uh, going to be lacing it up, wearing purple, and playing for K-State. So let's move on now uh, to basketball. So we eventually, we don't officially, not out in public, we don't have the 10th name. We don't know who it is in public, so we're going to... We're going to leave it at that, but we do have Desi Sills coming into the picture. He's a shooting guard. This is the first guy who really has a history of Division I scoring. He played at Arkansas, his most recent season at Arkansas State. He's a 10-point-a-game shooter. He has an effective field goal percentage, shooting percentage up above 50%. I think this is going to be the guy who is going to start as the two guard next to Marquise Noel. He had to play point guard last year, so you saw his three-point shooting plummet. But I got excited about this one. At one point, Auburn thought they were going to be getting him. There are a couple other high majors that seem to be in on him. He's going to come to K-State. He's our ninth. Hopefully, by the time this airs, everyone knows the tenth person I don't know it's going to be a big I'm not going to say who it is but we're finally to the point where we have 10 folks we're going to do a vibe check so I just want anyone to get any thoughts on Desi out there uh love the name Desi Sills at least I think that's how it's pronounced you guys know me I don't know how to pronounce everything give me the vibe check what do you think about the team we're now at 10 probably have about three roster spots to go uh summer workouts have started so just kind of give me, you know, the temperature check, vibe check. What do you think's going on with the basketball team? We're going to start with Colorado Cole. Uh, vibe is immaculate right now. Um, I'm feeling good. I was talking to Joel the other day, kind of thinking about how even before we had the, the 10th guy today, obviously, um, but I would take the nine that we had 100 times out of 100 over the best nine of last year's roster. And I think you can't really complain 
about that, if you're getting better and it seems like um, we're getting guys that fit the mold that they want, which I like, you know, it seems like there is a lot of guys under Weber that never really contributed at all. They're just kind of there. It seems like all these guys under Tang are going to be able to contribute some way, somehow. Yeah, I, I was having this conversation with someone today. I think positions three through 10 are infinitely better than we were last year. Where I'm worried about is that one and two, you know, Nigel Pack, Mark Smith, those were two real deal guys. Can the guys below them, but behind the spots one and two make up for that? We're going to see. We definitely will see. Um, we're going to go to Hayes next. Hayes, What's the vibe check? We have who I think is probably going to be your number two guy. I think you're going to see Cam Carter coming off the bench to spell Noel and Sills. The good part about all three of those guys, those three are interchangeable. So I think you can get by most games with a rotation of just those three. Um, What's your vibe? What do you think about this pickup? Where are you at? Vibes were very bad yesterday at like, I don't know, noon, whenever the news came. Um, Vibes right now, very good. Uh, they have just gotten exponentially better. I'm now at a point where I'm fine. We're trotting this team out there, and I'm sure that there's more to come. Um, and also, we have so much room for improvement. Like, this is not a build for this year team. This is a build for 23, and both of them, I think this year might be okay. And, and then after that, we just – all there is to do is elevate. Um No, I I was going to say, on on that uh, message, the thing that I think they have done very well is they have found some high-pedigree guys with multiple years of experience, or multiple years left to come. So high-recruiting pedigree, guys who are highly sought after in high school. And then they filled in rest of the rosters with guys who have either one, maybe two years of eligibility left that are going to help transition these young guys and show them what it means to be a, you know, a big time college basketball player, you know, get them to that next season. Because if folks are on Twitter or on message boards or anything, if you look at some of the guys that they are recruiting in the 2023 and 2024 classes, I mean, these are levels of recruits we haven't seen in a very long time. So I'm right there with you. You know, I think they're going to have a spicy team, this year, but 2023, 2024, I mean, watch out. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to add on to what you are just talking about, like the 3 through 10. You're definitely right. We don't have anyone on that 1-2 level. Uh, I think we have a couple guys that can definitely equal Mark this year, so we can get like that too. Uh, no one's touching Nigel. But the thing is, like the five or like 3 through 5, you could almost say, if you took the third to fifth best players last year, like – we're a little better, but not like exponentially. But like five through ten, it's just ridiculous. We had a bunch of dudes on the roster that had no business on a power five, much less D one court. And we now have guys from D one, power five everywhere, uh, that have played, albeit small minutes, but played and they're gonna come in and contribute and I think we're just gonna have guys like sorry to keep going, but we're ten deep right now. We've never had 10 players that can actually play. We've had 13 players on the roster. They can't touch a four. We have 10 that can legitimately play, I believe. And so we're almost deeper right now than we've ever been. Not ever, but last few years. Uh, I'll say I'm, I'm hoping we're not having to really lean on Manning 
a ton. Like, you know, our, our two high school guys, I am hoping we don't have to lean on them a ton. I think that they are going to be development long-term pieces. Uh, uh, Manning and Finster out of uh, Louisiana. Uh, but I, I do think we have one through eight. I think we have an eight-man rotation that is definitely more than serviceable. So we'll go to Callie Mike next. Callie Mike, you still have three positions left. We're still waiting for name on number 10. Uh, but how are you feeling? How are you feeling before that pickup? And how, what are you feeling uh, after that and kind of the news of, okay, we have another big that's going to be announced soon? Well, actually, I'm unchanged now because I was never down on it before. I think your pod from Monday kind of hit the nail on the head for what I was feeling in that Tang is basically doing this precision recruiting, like just digging in on who he wants. He's crafting this team exactly to what it needs to be. He's not just filling a roster like Mizzou did, and he's just picking the right guys. And I think, you know, you can kind of tell that he's doing what they did at Baylor in finding all these guys that whomever he puts on the floor, they can get out there and score. And, you know, you may not have a Nigel Pack who's going to be picking up the, the majority of the load the whole game, but you have a whole bench that can come in and score the ball. So, you know, I feel great about it. I'm bricked up. And you, you definitely see the frame that they want. You know, I, I love uh, – I, I, I truly love Marquise Noel, and I loved having Nigel Pack, but the length and the wingspan and just the different type of – ball player it's you're it's hardly going to recognize uh the guys out there and i'm looking forward to it we're going to go to joel next joel uh just walk me through it were you wavering at all before uh the latest two pickups to get us a 10 um are you still wavering where are you at with this so i'm a little different than everybody else i'm cautiously optimistic you know i'm not setting myself up for heartbreak i guess um i i think desi will be good uh, I think he's definitely – I think we're going to have a filthy defensive backcourt. I mean, he's a steel machine, and Noel's a steel machine as well. I, I'm not as high on Noel as a lot of people still, just still not sold. But like Cole said, we're definitely, like, top down. We we definitely improved from last year. So I'm not super worried. I'm just – I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, like I said, I think right now, I think we are NIT, uh, you know, bubble most of the year is kind of where I'm at currently with this roster. So I, I'm I'm kind of coming off of the, you know, watch out Big 12 are coming year one. Uh, but but I'm, I would say I'm closer to being that cautious, optimistic spot as well. Uh, I will say this, and you pointed it out, and I, I'm glad that you did. Uh, th- the thing that is very consistent amongst all these players is defense, you know. Uh, I know some people like to see the high scoring. They want all this type of stuff. But I, I do think that any time someone comes to Bramlage, they're going to have a tough time getting the ball in the net. And I'm going to enjoy seeing that. We're going to the coffee fiend, Nick. Nick, uh, where are you at? We got uh, 10 spots left. We have three if we can find someone to fill it. Where's, where, what's the vibe check on the basketball team? It was content uh, last time I checked. And then now it's... He, he knows who he's getting for recruiting. And then it just goes on to the, the macro level of it as well for the program. Uh, 
obviously I don't think we'll be a decent uh, this year. Um, nothing too crazy. But I know moving forward, 23-24 season, he's already putting in his mind and others that they're going to contend. And that's what you want on a macro level is moving forward of, you know, we're, we're grabbing kids or kids, uh, guys from mid uh, majors, you know, Auburn and actual D1 majors. And that's saying something to come in your first year within a few months of being hired and you're pulling kids from these major teams, major colleges and from major, not major conferences, but um, coming in and already immediately uh, contributing and uh, being able to uh, do some damage on the court. So it's, it's nice to see that the recruiting has gone up with the precision um, aspect of it, but all in all, I'm excited that we've got a double figures guy that can kind of replace what Smith and Pack did, but at the same time, top down, like I think it was Hayes uh, said earlier, that all of these guys can ball instead of having maybe five or six guys that can. It's a whole squad, a whole 10 guys or more can ball at once. Yeah, again, he, he he's using his scalpel with his recruiting. We're going to win. Uh... K-State by 90, and we'll end this segment with Coley Dub. K-State by 90, uh, here, here we are. We got nine, soon to be ten. Uh, what's the vibe check? Uh, where are you at? Where were you before these two commitments? Where are you now? I'm pretty even keel. I was – I'm sitting pretty good. I think the biggest thing for this team is the versatility. I think it'll their best player will end up being Naquan Tomlin, in my opinion. He's a guy who you can play anywhere probably from the two to the four, which I think is going to be good to spell the guards if they get in trouble. I'm not really as high on Sills because when he, he was better at Arkansas than he was Arkansas State. He was extremely inconsistent last year. I think he will start the two, but I'm not as excited as on him as most. And I think that's completely fair. And again, I, I think if you, you look at – what he did at Arkansas State, um, at least what I'm telling myself, you know, what I'm going to tell myself because, you know, I, I want to get excited is, you know, he, he was uh, having to play a little bit more on the ball, which isn't typically his game. And he won't have to do that uh, when you got Marquise Noel uh, out there. And even Cam Carter, I think, will be on the ball uh, if those two are on the floor. But we'll have to wait and see. And, and I'll say this, I can't wait uh, to start hearing little things kind of trickle out about practice, you know, around October. You know I'm going to try to catch, you know, about 30, 45 minutes of any open scrimmages they have. I'm excited for it. We're going to end this part with Coley Dub. Coley Dub holding it down in Texas. Uh, Where are you at? What are your thoughts? I'm excited. I don't know. I'm excited, and I'm also just kind of curious just because, you know, everything's still just so unknown. Um, I guess we won't really know until the season starts, but – Especially with all these transfers. I mean, you had guys that no one's heard of last year that went to a new school and just went off. Um, so, I don't know. Hopefully, we have some guys like that. But I'm pretty optimistic, as you were saying earlier, kind of that NIT, NCAA bubble, which I would be I'd be fine with. I'd be fine with – I mean, obviously, you wouldn't go to the NCAA tournament. But if we get a high seed in the NIT or something, I'd be fine with that. I mean, that's what Huggins did his first year when he was here. So, I want to be mad about that. Plus, those in home NIT games are always kind of fun. 
Yeah, you, you know what's wild? I'm glad you brought that up. The Bob Huggins home NIT games. I went to those, and those were like low-key a pretty fun atmosphere. Granted, you know, you went so long without postseason basketball. I don't think you're going to see anything crazy like that if we're in the NIT this year. Uh, I hope we're not in the NIT this year, but uh, those are actually a, few, a couple of my like most fun games I've been to in Bramlage were those 2007 NIT games. At least I think it was 2007. Um, all right, before we move on to the final one, I just want, okay, like gut check. This is not the official predictions episode. We'll do something way closer to basketball season actually uh, kicking off, but or tipping off, not kicking off, tipping off. Uh, January 15th, or not January, June 15th, 7.39 here in the central time zone. Where What, what does K-State's season look like? Is it Mrs. Postseason, Firmly NIT, Bubble, or in the tournament? Those are the four options you get. No postseason, NIT, Bubble, so it could go either way, or Firmly in the tournament. We're starting with Callie Mike. I'm going bubble. Bubble. All right, Nick. Bubble. Coley Dub. I'm going to play it safe and say NIT. Colorado Cole. And, is the, oh, man, we almost saw another goal. The the, the avalanche are going off. Uh, but what's your way too early prediction? I like Might be delusional right now, but I think we're going dancing, baby. I love it. Joel. Yeah, NIT over here. K-State by 90. NIT. Hayes. NIT. Yeah, I think gun to my head, I'm I'm right on that middle of NIT and bubble. Hopefully we get one or two more scores on the wing or a combo guard to get up to 11 or 12 scholarship players. I might talk myself into a bubble before it is basketball time. Okay, so we're going to end with this question um, and kind of reflecting on some stuff with the Big 12. First off, uh, the highest revenue in the history of the conference, even without our third-tier rights, and just uh, for people listening, the Big 12 allows the schools to do their own third-tier rights. They get paid out separately from everyone else. So that basically means our ESPN Plus contract, Texas's Longhorn Network, and Oklahoma had a deal with Bally Sports. And I'll say this. Oklahoma, at least for as long as they're in the Big 12, they moved all their third-tier rights to ESPN+, and they are pumped about it. You should have seen their Twitter world going crazy when they announced they're going to ESPN+, and moving away from Bally. So, again, there, there are some folks who realize that, hey, ESPN+, isn't so bad. Um, but it was over $43 million per school. That's firmly the number three conference in all of major college sports. The ACC is locked into their con- contract for a long time. Uh, the SEC has theirs coming up soon. Big Ten's negotiating theirs. Uh, Pac-12, they're a fucking mess. But I bring this up, and Bob Bowlesby also had some uh, kind of quiet optimism about, about the next TV deal. He's going to be gone. Doesn't matter. But I bring this up because in a lot of the college football podcasts I listen to, they talk about, TV contracts, TV time slots, all this type of stuff. Um, I, I want to give credit where credit's due. Tim Fitzgerald had a uh, daily delivery uh, video that talked about this. And I was talking to my friends about this with MLS signing a 10-year deal, or maybe it was eight-year deal, but a long-term deal with Apple TV for all of their games, exclusive rights to, or not exclusive, but rights to every single MLS game that is played. 
And this is the first time a major streaming partner has gotten involved with a major TV contract. Amazon has dabbled with, uh, you know, uh, the NFL. They've dabbled with some soccer stuff. But this is the first big one in North America. So my question to you guys is, what would you prefer? And you can say follow the money. You can say you can phrase this however you want. But what would you prefer? One of the traditional TV times uh, partners, TV partners. So Fox and ESPN. Would you prefer? Uh, or with no? Let's phrase it up like this. Sorry, I'm all over the place tonight. Stay with one of the major TV partners. So Fox and ESPN with a slightly lower TV money to the Big 12, or go with maybe a Turner, a CBS, um, one of these non-traditional but still cable networks for slightly more, but you have to play at non-traditional times, a Thursday and a Friday time slot for football every single week, playing on Thursdays and Sundays in men's basketball, or... Those same time frames, but even more money streaming only. So basically, it's most money streaming, but untraditional time slots. Slightly less money, uh, less traditional li- uh, time slots, but with Turner, CBS, non-ESPN, Fox, or stay with ESPN, Fox, traditional time slots, and the lowest amount of money. But nothing is a crazy difference. So just kind of what do you want to see with the next TV deal? We're going to start with Cali Mike. Cali Mike, that was a word salad. That This is probably one of the worst phrased questions in the history of the live show that has been going on for more than a year now, and I apologize for that. So you have to try to make sense of it and answer it first. It's all good, Scott. I love the background. You know, I needed that. I needed it to really make my decision. So, um, you know, a little PSAT question we're talking here. Um, I'm going with the all-out future of sports full-on streaming deal with the most money, uh, weird time slots. You know, I don't, I don't care about that. I don't give a shit. Uh, you put the cats on TV, I'm watching them. You know, put them on the ninth, tenth day of the week. I don't care. I'm going to watch them. Um, so give me all the money. Give me the future of sports on the streaming. Get rid of this ESPN bullshit, which I hate anyway. I mean, you know, it's accessible, but I really hate ESPN. Um, I'm all for the all streaming. All right, and I, and I put it in the chat, like, it, let's say it was a $50 million uh, a year per school, school deal with Apple, where you're playing Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday in, in football, you're playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday in basketball, same time slots for like a Turner CBS, but $45 million, and your traditional Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday for men's basketball, and uh, mainly almost all Saturday with ESPN with some uh, Thursday on ESPN and Fox um, just to throw that stuff out there. We'll go to Nick next. Uh, first off, want to say welcome to the show, Chef. Miss you. Secondly, I would have to go with the traditional. Um, I'm, I like going on the weekends to the games and whatnot, but I would also caveat to that, though, we would have to get rid of all the announcers and get new fresh blood and make things um, a bit more interesting and listen how other announcers do it because ones from the year before was just atrocious. We'll go to Coley Dub next. Coley Dub, what do you want to see with the future of TV contracts? Uh, I'm going to go streaming. 
Um, I mean, as a younger-ish, getting older person, I can still figure out how to stream stuff. Um, but I know it'd be a pain for a lot of older K-State fans. They'd go berserk and, and piss them off. My my dad probably being one of those people, but I could help him figure it out. As long as it gets the Big 12 more money, stay competitive in the markets, let's go streaming. We'll go to Colorado Cole next. Yeah, so I'm going with the obvious answer that is streaming, especially if it's the most money. Um, it seems like that's just the direction that everything is going. I mean, a lot of people don't even have traditional cable. They have internet cable. Like I have YouTube TV. And so it's literally just like picking an app on your phone. You pick the whatever name app that k is playing on today. Um, so obviously for the money, you do that. And then I think that you probably get better slots for game times because you have probably more say as a conference compared to ESPN. And I really feel like the traditional product or what we're seeing right now on screen has gone downhill drastically. Um, It just seems like every broadcast or every ESPN plus stream is just very subpar with a huge lack of personality in the announcers. So I would say go streaming and try to bring in maybe a little bit more personality with these announcers. Maybe get a little bit more edgier of a product, you know, maybe like a PG-13, not a G-rated product, if I was going to categorize it. But that's it. Short story long, that's my that's my obvious answer. Yeah, the reason why I brought up kind of the more non-traditional time slots with those other partners is a lot of stuff I've been listening to and hearing some of the speculation is that some of these uh, folks like Turner wanting to get back into college football and CBS, if they were picking up more rights than just one game a week from uh, the SEC or if one of these streaming giants wanted to get in, they want to own college sports on a night so it would be maybe the second or first best game uh, of the big 12 slate every week would be a friday night lights game a game that's played on friday night and then you know uh, maybe the second or or the third or fourth best game they would put on a thursday to try to own the viewership on those nights and then have one marquee game on saturday and the rest the filler on saturday so that's some of the speculation kind of where i was coming from trying to set this up very poorly We'll go to Joel next. Joel, what do you want to see with the next TV contract? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with everybody else. I, I think streaming is the way to go. I, I love being able to just, like, whip my iPad out wherever I'm at and throw the game on. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if my PTO has the facilities to uh, handle Thursday and Friday night games most weeks because, I mean, K-State would probably be one of the better games every week. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean – I love Sunday basketball. That's that's probably my favorite time to watch college basketball, to be honest. So yeah, definitely streaming. Big uh, Big Ten basketball fan there. Oh, dude, it's perfect. You get back from church, throw it on, you're good to go. I I, I actually uh, Sunday afternoon uh, college basketball isn't going to be bad, and we will see that in uh, the two years of a 14 team Big 12 on ESPN. We are going to see. Thursday and Sunday games coming to the ESPN family of networks because 
there's just going to be so many games that they don't have enough slots for. Um, we'll go to K-State by 90, and then we'll end with Hayes on this one. I'm kind of with everyone else. I think just for the money, streaming is probably the way to go and where the markets are going. It might suck not to have a game every Saturday, but I think people will get over it pretty fast. And then we will end this question with Hayes. If the money disparity was like exactly how much you said, I think I might actually take the CBS Turner route <clears throat> just because I'd still like some people outside K-State fans to see the game. But if it was literally like $1 more, give me all streaming. I want the money for, for the athletic department. Yep. No, I, I hear you. Um, all right. Well, that is all we had tonight. Um, stay tuned. Monday is going to be the uh, fifth ever dad pod. I'll be sitting down and or maybe zooming with uh, my dad. Um, still to be determined. My mom may or may not have caught COVID. Uh, sorry, mom, if that's a HIPAA violation or something. So hopefully going to be able to see my dad on Father's Day. But we will have the fifth rendition of Dad Pod coming to you guys on Monday. Uh, We'll have a live show. If there's any big news, like if we're talking like, you know, four-star recruits, we might have to have an emergency show where I get on Derek Young or uh, Drew uh, Galloway from uh, K-State Online. So we might have a special episode. Fingers crossed maybe a special episode next week you never know um so stay tuned we'll be going live wednesday 7 p.m uh unless i uh, unless you guys hear different but we will have a live show from here until uh the end of the year um i'm trying to think i think that's it you know keep checking us out check out all of our friends over at sports drink if you're not following them on twitter or on instagram they're putting out some pretty funny stuff a lot of good sports memes some funny stuff on twitter and Instagram. At some point this summer, we're going to do some sort of giveaway uh, that if if you're following uh, Sports Drink on Twitter, Instagram, Bosco's Boys on Twitter, we don't do much Instagram anymore. So just stay tuned for that giveaway. Be prepared. We love you guys. I'm giving the who are we giving the MVP to? You know, I'm going to give it to the young gun. I'm going to give it to K State by ninety. Uh, you get the MVP for the night. So uh, say anything you want to close us out, and uh, we're going to call it a night. Appreciate it, Scott. All I got to say is this is probably going to be one of the greatest K-State football teams ever assembled in, since Colin Klein, and that's all I got. I'm excited, and go Cats. I love it. Shout out to our friend, Big Game Boomer, calling this the greatest K-State podcast there is. The only reason that is is because of you guys, the Boneheads. We love you guys. And again, it's metaphorically because people started calling me out for it. But Grant is always, at least in his heart, going to be at the cat head. And you just got to go find him in your heart. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in
Podcast Network.